Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host Chris Gallagher uh, and I'm joined by Brian McManus. Hello Christopher. Hello Brian. Hello. Louis McCaffrey. It is I. I am here. Thank you, you are, very much. You're here. Kieran Haddon. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, happy St. Brendan Rogers Day. Uh, myself, Kieran, and Louis are just back from Celtic Park. Kieran's also just figured out how the fuck to use Instagram. Um, <laughs> and he got a picture from Parkhead now. Genuinely excited about that. Uh, Brian, you weren't there, but as someone who wasn't there, like was what? There in spirit. How you know how you know how how it's been reported? Are you impressed with um, the reaction? Yeah, to fill out a whole stand to welcome a manager is pretty impressive, and it's better than doing it in the car park. Um, STV were live from outside the stadium. Um, we were live on Periscope. We were live on Periscope. We had hundreds of people following us. Um, Celtic streamed it live on YouTube, uh, which I think there was what there was thousands of people on that anyway. So it's been phenomenal, and it just tops off a rather remarkable weekend. But it, before I before I left to to come pick you up so kindly, um, thank you. I was on the I was on the YouTube for the press conference, and it was the YouTube. You sound like. <laughs> Grandfather, right. I was on that. YouTube. that I was Facebook. on the YouTube, and uh, over twelve thousand people were were currently viewing that stream for uh, on YouTube for the the press conference. That's a huge huge amount of views. It's it's one of those funny things where Brian, you're breathing at the microphone to take it away from your nose. Um, it's one of those funny things where you know, having watched South American football, they got on that pretty quickly. They've been on that for the last couple of years because Boca have been uh, broadcasting their games on YouTube. It's just another another way of getting yourself across. It's it's good. Kieran, what they they nailed it like today. The organisation of everything seemed to really be spot on. So I know it's been I, well planned. You know, we've been uh, we've been rather critical of how the club have done things in the last couple of couple of months, and we were all rather despondent in a way with obviously the Ronnie, Di- Ronnie Dylan not working out and just about a lot of things going on at the club but within the space of a week within one appointment the whole the club the fans everybody's feel good factor but it's not even that it just does seem that everyone's on the same page now uh, apart from Sormani which is one of the reasons I'm really delighted is just because he didn't want Brendan Rodgers. Is that genuinely one of them? He wanted Davy Moyes, and it just shows how little he knows about football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, Louis, I mean, we, we would have just back from Parkhead. What did you think of the, the fact that 10,000, well, that's the sort of rumour, rumoured number. What do you think that says about him as a like as, as a, an appointment? Well, I mean, we were we were talking about it. I, I said, you know, I, do you think this would happen if it was Davey Moyes? I, I don't think it would. I think Brendan Rodgers is probably the only manager in that list that you would have got that reaction. You would have got that many people coming out. Um, I wonder, I wonder what it would have been if if it had been Martin O'Neill, because of his obviously prior history with the club. That's the only person I could really think of that would maybe have that kind of reaction but it's great, it's fantastic um, I think the the supporters realise or they they see that it's it's a big step forward and clearly the club have decided no, do you know what, we're going to go for this and we're going to make a, a big change that people have been crying out for for a while in terms of getting a top calibre manager and, and giving him at least a wee bit of money to go and take us to the next level. So it's it's, it's brilliant. Great to see. Kieran Haran, your thoughts on Brendan Rodgers as the new Celtic manager? Oh, extremely excited about it. 
really glad we got because <clears throat> out of all the names mentioned and kind of linked with, that was the biggest name. I know that Moyes, the Moyes has got a big stature, but for me, I think Rogers has, has got a better. I think Rogers plays a bit more exciting football than what uh, Moyes would do. Um, Rogers, the, the, what's the most I think crucial thing is Rogers has been the manager of Liverpool, so he knows big expectations and big pressures on a club. I mean, the Liverpool. Liverpool would see themselves at times as being one of the top four, top five in England. Um, and rightly so. Okay, yeah. And he's managed them. He was, what, one slip away from possibly winning the league for them um, at a time where you would never have thought, at a time you'd never have thought seeing Liverpool win the league for quite a number of years. So he's, he's going to be able to, well, I suppose being a manager of an old firm, old old firm team is slightly different, but there is still the big expectations, big pressures that come from the fans um, that they want so he's already tasted that with Liverpool so that should stay the, um, do him in good stead for becoming the Celtic manager so he might he should really hit the, the ground running yeah. so he should yeah, yeah can I ask you this Brian is you know you mentioned what some money was saying and you know I actually thought he made a kind of good point David Moyes would have came in and would have steadied the ship um, I think he would have played winning football, not necessarily attractive football. Who knows? I'm not. It's not happening now, so you know we can only speculate. A lot of people would have said that David Moyes was the safe option out of the two of them. Brendan Rodgers has been known to uh, play certain. You know, his teams are flair, certain amount of um, enthusiasm, a certain amount of energy. He's developed guys like um, Raheem Sterling and, you know, various other youngsters. The point is, we're going to sign Joe Allen, aren't we? <laughs> in a nutshell, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, no, in all, in all seriousness, he, he is quite a... He's a type of guy who... Um, he's very charismatic, is what I'm trying to get across. He's a very charismatic character. At the press conference, he made a comment about Tommy Burns. Tommy, he was obviously quite, you know, close to Tommy Burns. They worked together at Reading. Um, he... And it was it was a nice thing to, to, you know, highlight, you know, the fact that he has that connection with the club. He also has a connection with the club and the fact that he, he says he's a supporter and, you know, you take him at his word. Um, it's good to have a Celtic man in charge, am I right, Brian? Because that's all we ever wanted. Whether it be Jackie McNamara, John Hughes or Brendan Rodgers, we were just looking for a Celtic man. Bottom line, yeah. That's the only thing that counts. Um, the the Moyes-Rodgers debate, I mean, it was good being linked with both of them. And the debates I was having, I was kind of having a go at Moyes because I do think he's an overrated manager in terms of oh, that's right you think he's overrated that's I right. do but overrated I think he's a decent manager like you know and he'll do well at you know a, a West Brom or Aston Villa or something like that <coughs> but he has zero appeal to me as a Celtic manager and that whole safe option thing I'm a Celtic fan I'd rather see his 5-4 than 1-0 so Rogers brings like he's got charisma he's got flair he's not scared to bring youngsters in um, he has a way he wants to play and he'll, he'll need time to develop he's very similar to, to Ronnie Dyla in that respect which we were all really really excited about although I think Rogers, because of what he's achieved and his stature in, in the game he'll get more time he's not an easy target for the Scottish media like Ronnie was And uh, yeah and I think uh, as Kieran alluded to the fact very well um, that you know, he's had handled pressure. Um, Anfield, 
as Chris, if Christian Wolf was here, he would, he would mention being a Liverpool fan. The pressure on managing a club like Anfield isn't necessarily dissimilar to the pressure of managing a club like Celtic. The difference would be in with Celtic, you have to win every game. I mean, especially with you know the extended competition um, of uh, Kilmarnock staying in the league um, next season because obviously they'll be Lee Clark. They'll be on on the on the front foot. Louis McCaffrey. Yes. Uh, Keir, again, Keir made an, another excellent point. You made two good points. Look at this. He's got a wee wink there. And you seem surprised. There's nothing new there. It's just it was it was the fact it was two and one. So you know you're you're hitting out truth bombs. Particularly like when you're focused on inst- Instagram. Yeah. That's amazing. Multitasking. Multitasking. Uh, Louis, Keir mentioned uh, expectation. Now he's been in the door for an hour. Let's see if we take it. Do you want to Champions League yet? Well, you know uh, what. What is your expectation and what do you think? And I'll come to everyone on this genuinely, what your kind of expectation levels are. But also, I'll ask you specifically, Louis, as well, what do you think the fans' expectations are? But you, fair, you're me, me first. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my, my first expectation would be that he um, gives us some identity and a style again the, th- the thing that Ronnie Dyla said he was going to do the thing that we've been crying out for um, we want to see good positive attacking football from Celtic not every time I speak you put that thing in front of me it's just because you're right in front of me to be fair. Jesus um, <clears throat> you know we, we don't want to see nice football twice a season we want to see nice football every week uh, every, every time we play um, he's got a tough job to do he's got to come into that squad where he said today that he he would like a smaller squad or a, he, he likes to deal with a small squad rather than a, a bloated one that we've got certainly um, so that kind of hints to what we already knew is that he's going to have to get rid of quite a few players before he even thinks about bringing any in Um so he's got that to that to contend with first, and it, it's difficult because we've got the Euros going on, and and although okay, we only have a couple of players away at that tournament, but the fact that that's going on, the, the football world's kind of uh, engulfed with that. That it might be tricky for him to actually meet players and and get the the ball rolling, but he's not got a lot of time to the qualifiers. Um, but I think that the expectation of the fans is that. You know, as he said, we dominate and domestically. Does that mean he, you know, if he won two trophies like Ronnie did, would that be enough in one season? I mean, it, it sounds almost daft to say, and it and it is, it is daft when when you think of the the fact that the competition is getting more difficult um, in terms of or the the competitiveness of the league is is getting uh, getting better. I suppose with. Um, you know, Hearts, Aberdeen, strengthening, Rangers come back into the league. Let, let me jump in there for a second, because you mentioned uh, Europe. Do you think if... How crucial is getting into the Champions League? And this, this I'll open this up to everyone. How crucial is getting into the Champions League? And do you think that if he'll get more leeway the way that Dyla didn't? I think I think if we fail to get into the Champions League this year and into the Europa League, I don't think there would be as much of an uproar than if it was Ronnie. And the big the big reason for that is is because things have changed 
the, the landscape of the Premier League is different. There's a different competition there, whether you like it or not. There is, and he's got more money though. Back, I know. Well, that's true. But back, back when you know everything was as it was five years ago, uh, and before that, it wasn't so do or die for the Champions League. If Rangers didn't get into the Champions League and we didn't get into it, we're not bothered. Rangers got into it and we didn't. It was heartbreaking. If we get in and they didn't. You know, it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, that that type that type of thing. Where they are always the measure of us, or always were. Whether they will be now, we can only wait and see. Not in their current form, they would have they're to. Not, get they're they're not the measure of Hibs, so let's. Yeah, see. true. Kieran, let me ask you this: um, Would the Europa League suffice? Me personally, yes, I would. Um, I would be quite happy with that because <clears throat> I think that's more of a kind of level peg for us just now. I think we are a kind of really a Europa League team. Um, you see, I mean, you see some of the kind of teams in the Champions League that do struggle against the big clubs. Um, it's always good having the big clubs come to Parkhead. Um, you try and build yourself up to get a good game, but give them a year. Let, let them come in the door. Don't give them the ultimate pressure of, you need Champions League now, because he's, he needs time to build his team. Like we've said, we've got a bloated squad, and now he wants to work with a small squad. So he's going to have to reduce the squad down obviously less than his target because he'll want to bring some people in. So, I mean, it could be a right good scalp of the squad. So, by doing that, you're going to have to have time to bed it in. And we've seen it in previous managers. I don't, I don't know how it's O'Neill we go far back. None of them won the Champions League. Oh, sorry, not won the Champions League. None of them won um, the qualifiers in their first season. So, that that, that should be kind of a gauge of we're not going to pressure IG. If you get it, you get it. We'll be happy. But, it's not a do or die. I think coming in, I think the big thing we really need is performances. See, there's thing about him. You know, mentioned a bit earlier about Moyes bringing him in to steady the ship. There's not really a ship to be steadied because morale's not down. We're not struggling to win games. We're winning games. We're just not doing it convincingly. We've just not got a good performance. That's the issue. So that's that's what his target is initially. First is get a, a performance out of the squad, the team that the fans are going to enjoy watching. By doing that, results should should then just come along as natural because you're, if you're playing that good, then you're you're obviously going to be scoring goals and winning games. Exactly. Um. So there's no there's no steady shot. There's no panic being done. It's just a slight change of um, kind of philosophy and thoughts about how we play football. And and the crucial part is having a plan B. Yeah. So I mean, your point would be qualifying for a group stage of Europe, whether it be the Champions League or Europa League, and the title. Title. You'd love, cup. Cup. You'd love a cup. You'd love a cup. Another cup as well. I mean, we should be able to get a save. I mean, look, I mean, that's the one thing with Ronnie. I mean, he won two league titles. He got to four domestic semi-finals. We won. No, Just we unfortunately, he won, only won one of the three. Yeah. And then one, another one was we were taking the penalties at a time when we were absolutely rotten. Yeah. They also they the, all, be, the better team played at their top performance and had to beat them by yeah. penalties. And also, Effie uh, Ambrose against Ross County making a you know error against off. Brian, um, expectation level. Um, the chair was I think it was Ian Bank here came out and said that basically he's here to help us dominate Scottish football, but he's also here to focus on Europe. He, he specifically mentioned Europe and European football. Thoughts on that? I mean, we've we heard what Louis and what, what their expectations are. Is there any shame in being a Europa League team? Uh, that's a, actually that's a side question. Oh, answer the first fucking question first, mate. <laughs> first question. This <laughs> yeah, is like the longest questions in the world. No, uh, the, chairman, remember, the chairman mentioned <laughs> the chairman mentioned European football specifically. 
is that already sticking pressure on him? No, because he must have came here. Celtic already dominate Scottish football and will continue oh. to dominate oh. Scottish football. Um, Europe is the benchmark and uh, I think he needs to get Champions League football because there's so much, there's already pressure on Brendan Rodgers is one of the top managers in Britain um, and he needs to deliver. If he doesn't get Champions League, then pressure mounts on him. And as much as any sensible Celtic fan will realise just now we are probably a Europa League team and getting the Europa League would be great. I think the expectations of bringing in such a high-profile manager and allegedly going to give him this big budget, I think he needs to qualify for the Champions League. Uh, but there's no second part of that question, um, if you were fucking listening the first time. Um, would be, no, in all seriousness, Europa League, there's no shame in it. I don't. No, there seems to be a, a shame associated with the UEFA Cup, mate. Look, look what happened down in England. As soon as Liverpool got to the semi, suddenly it was important. Some, suddenly it was something that they wanted to win. But, um, but it, you know, it, that's that's just where we are. We just need to accept that. It, it's not It's not going to be like that. If, if Celtic had a, an extended run in the Europa League, like to the latter stages, quarter-finals, semi-final, it would be amazing. Yeah, I it mean, would be fantastic. And I don't care what anybody down south thinks. Who cares about I, that? I, I, people I was, was going to say, that's, that's, a good, that's a good answer, Brian. That's a really good answer. <laughs> he was making the joke because Brian didn't answer. Stone, steel I really had a point to make. Whose fucking podcast is this? You and Brian are very friendly today. I find that weird. I, I, I thought you should be natural enemies. You can drive you home then, friend. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all, in all seriousness, I think there's a certain... Because we get Sky Sports, and Sky Sports is so English football orientated, and it's they have money, and they're... You know, all the money that's in the game and they're buying the top players they're looking down their nose on the Europa League we can't afford to look down our nose on the Europa League by the way and this is the point I want to play in the Champions League I think we should be playing at the Champions League I'm not necessarily saying our squad are up to that level my point is I would personally be okay with us being in the Europa League again I want to be in the Champions League let me make that that clear because I'm sure I'll get lots of abuse for saying that but I, I I want just to be in a European 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 group stage, and I think we'd have a better chance of doing well in the Europa League than we would the Is Champions. Is he going to jump in before me again? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, the thing <laughs> is that that that's that squad is nowhere near Champions League quality. I mean, but that's neither was but, neither, this, neither was the Malmo squad. Oh, but, oh, but, this, but this is a, this is a difficulty though. As as it is for new managers when they come in, if Brendan Rodgers had a while at this until qualifiers came around he could get some a few decent buys in the transfer window bed them in get get the team organised and we would have a right good crack at it but the fact this is his first competitive game of the season and it's pretty much do or die it, it, it makes it it makes life so difficult but we're going but to be up against somebody from Iceland or somewhere like that so we should get through the initial one it's the the kind of last qualifier that's going to be the tricky one. We've got one in between as well, remember? Oh, you've got two yeah, right. You've, you're, going to, there's, two. you're going to be playing a couple of teams you're pretty much expecting to be. Two daddy ones, Brian. Aye, Aye. two daddy teams, right? It's a playoff. Basically, it's a playoff. It's, it's, it's your last qualifier that's going to be the, the, the playoff. We're likely to get one of the champions of Scandinavia or Eastern Europe, and that's they're always going to be tough. I mean, we, we've avoided places like Zagreb, and we've avoided places like um, you know the Lithuanian champions and, and stuff like that. We've had the, what. Scandinavian champions and with Maribor as well. Um, we could get Rosenberg. 
And if uh, Dyla goes there, whatever Ronnie ends up, that's who exactly who will get. He was going to go to. Nah, he's called it. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's confirmed that he's not going there. So shut it. Uh, <laughs> hashtag hashtag shut it. <laughs> hashtag shut it. Uh, but I mean, we're looking forward to. It. We've got some questions. I think it would be worth thinking about. Um, who would be considered in our squad a uh, Brendan Rodgers type player? Um, I don't know. We jo- I know we joked earlier on, but Scott Allen, uh, Brian. If, if he gets over the diabetes, then yeah. the diabetes. That's. Uh, I think Stefan Johansson is a perfect example of a Brendan Rodgers midfielder. Um, watching some of his stuff from Liverpool, and he was talking about energy from he'd have like maybe a, a kind of sitting midfielder that can dictate the play, and a couple of midfielders working with him that's pretty much box to box. Johansson kind of fits that bill. Possibly beat on. Maybe he'd make him have a bit more dig and awareness, I think. Um, Look more interested. Look more interested. Cal McGregor and Stefan Johansson is his two kind of energetic midfielders, I think, are pretty perfect. The, the worry, I think, is that he... <clears throat> you know, if he does go with a four three three, that there's no um, number ten, and we've got a, we've got so many number tens or players that their preferred position is number ten. That you know, if Brendan Rodgers plays to the formation that he usually plays, um, they might be kind of surplus unless they can they can be bedded in other, uh, somewhere else. The likes of Rodgers is a worry for me. I'm, I'm sure when he sees Rodgers, though. You want what, why is why is Rodic a worry? So I, I'm worried that he's not part of his plans, and that he's. I don't think Rodic is great in any other position other than number ten. I don't think he's great dropping back. He's certainly not a box to box midfielder. He's not a deep line playmaker. He's not a, a, a winger. So he's Coutinho basically, and therefore perfect. But, but Coutinho's get hundreds of pace, but yeah, okay. Well, I wouldn't say Rodic was. Bl- Okay, so they've got different attributes, but they basically play a, a role where they wander. Now, I don't. Can we afford to have someone wander in Scottish football? I think we probably can. Can we have afford yeah. to have to have someone wander in Europe? No. So, Rogic is a guy who still, as as we've kind of commented in the past, still doesn't look fit. Still blowing at his ass at times. Perfect for Scottish football just now, but you know you're you're doing a weird face, and we don't even have periscope on. I know, but Roberts is your floater. Roberts is a, Roberts will be the. We continuum. can't have everybody floating. So what you're saying <laughs> is that's Roberts what I'm is, saying. That's going to be the greatest formation ever. It's, still gonna, it's not going to be Tam. No, that's why I'm worried. It's not going to be Tam. But then Rogers is. I think he, he didn't play four three three at Swansea, as far as I know, um, and he he can adapt. And I think he's been quoted before as obviously saying he has a preferred formation and stuff, but. He needs the players for it to work, the, and I think he will adapt. That's the thing that we're gonna need. We will get rid of players that we probably don't want to go. We're gonna have to accept that if if he's got if he's got fifteen million before he's even sold any players, because I'm sure whatever money he gets from selling players, he'll, he'll get to keep as well. You know, he's gonna buy some quality now. Say he buys four quality first team first eleven picks then we are going to be losing people and probably selling people that we think should be part of that squad going forward. Then if better teams come in, then that's not an issue. They're also not if good. If better players come in? Aye. If better aye. players come in, then it's just 
It's just because there's talent there that we I think we we all want to see given a chance, but it just maybe won't happen for with, with this, I think we mentioned it last week, there is unfortunately the the chance that talent will slip through the, the fingers of us, if you will. Like um there'll be guys who'll maybe miss the boat. Christy might miss the boat. Alan probably will miss the boat. Um, and they'll just be moved on without maybe being given an opportunity. They might not. I mean, maybe he's going to come in and just say, everyone's on a clean slate. I've got... I, maybe he's thinking to himself, there's talent here, let's just harness it. Or maybe he's thinking to himself, these guys fucked the last manager. I'm not having them fuck me. So get these guys to fuck. I've said fuck three times. I really, <laughs> Tell you one thing. I really apologise. Tell you one thing. You better not be bringing in Stevie Bloody Gerald. Well, do you know what do I'm you know, saying? Do you know, we'll get to that. I've got a question. Well, he's coaching stuff, aye. But if, he's got point, no coaching ex- if he's got no coaching experience. John Kennedy's got more coaching experience. I, I, he's he's been a quality player. Yeah. So, so did John Barnes. <laughs> it didn't make him a good coach. John Kennedy didn't have a lot of coaching experience. John Kennedy has. Right, okay. Question from Christopher Samani for the pod tonight. Rogers specifically mentioned Brown as a player he admired from afar. This is for you, Kieran. Do you think he's the man to get him ticking again? Could he be? Could he actually get something from Brown um, that maybe Ronnie couldn't? When we see, laughs. When he, um, whenever Brown was talking, he always talked that he wanted what Dial was doing, and he was he was he was with Dial the whole way. So maybe that's just Brown playing to his potential. Maybe that's maybe Brown's at that age now where this is the best he can actually do in perform wise. And if that's the case, I, I, I couldn't imagine Rogers would get any better out of him. Um, then again, you know, we saw, sorry to jump in, but when Martin O'Neill took over, he took a squad that were, look, look what he did with Petrov. Now, I'm not saying, Petrov was obviously paid out of position and stuff like that, but managers can come in and look what, Bobby Cl- look what Klopp has got out of Henderson, for example. It's seen something that maybe the other guy didn't. And I think if if his body allows him to, because the big question is whether he can actually physically do it. Um, if his body allows him to, I think maybe Rogers could get something. Yeah, if his body allow, does allow him, but you you mean you're just you said there Henderson. Henderson's a young lad still, so he's still able to kind of develop and get the pace out there. We've seen Scott Brown's pace dwindle slowly over the last couple of years now. Oh, yeah. Um I, I mean some of his kind of biting attributes and all that kind of getting stuck in is oh, kind of that, no okay, not biting that way, but kinda Getting kind of right, right in with the kind of physicality of the game, it's now slightly kind of out of the game a wee bit more now as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, you don't you don't want to say the game against um, Sevco at the semi final, but he did all that, shaved his head, and he was staring at all the players and all that. He was trying to stare them out, and then he just got bossed at the game. <laughs> and then he couldn't pass. He's the worst. He can't. So you can't. I mean, we need to stop. Stop us. Stop even talking like. He can tickle his ear and he'll suddenly become fabulous again. No. Firstly, you used the word fabulous there. Did anyone else notice that? <laughs> Actually, Brown, I, I think McGregor... Let finish his I, point. I think, uh, you just stop biting in it, do Stop using the word fabulous. That's weird. Go no. on, finish your point but, though. I actually think McGregor's possibly a, a replacement for Brown because he's got that energy levels. He's able, he's able to drive with the ball at his feet, which Brown didn't always do very well. He's at. a good passer to the he's ball. He's a good passer to the ball. He's got a good kind of vision for a pass as well. So I think... McGregor could be an ideal replacement for um, Brown, and I'd possibly say that if McGregor improved, develops better in the next year, would be better than Johansson as well. So I think he would actually be. He could always be our Petrov for Rogers as what uh, he could be our Petrov for Anil, where yeah. that kind of real box to box engine player, really get the team going, 
really um, was able to drive forward and had great passing ability as well. Yeah, I agree. Great points, Brian. Thoughts on what Cairns just said there and just your overall thoughts on Brown because you've been on this is what your third podcast this is. Is it third? It might even be second. But anyway. As many as that? Well, we did I like the win when it matters. Um, Brown's done. You know, I think that he's... Brown's game is all about energy and he's he doesn't have it anymore as much as he's apparently been injured and stuff. I think he's finished. I think we've all said maybe keep him on as club captain. Um, Again, I don't think like Charlie Mulgrew. I don't think they're willy, will, willy. <laughs> I don't think they are going to be willing to sit on the bench because they're such an integral part of the Scotland setup. So I no, think, you're right. I mean, I, I can't. The, the worrying thing is, I think Rogers will have to persevere with Brown if he gets this rest and comes back. We know he's not got a hell of a lot of ability. His game was all about pressure and biting and at players as, as Kieran said um, and really being up and intimidating opposition players he, he's just there's nothing else in his game and if you're needing a midfielder who can you know control a game that's not Scott Brown and Scott Brown doesn't have the capacity now to be the box to box midfielder see I was just trying to be positive and say oh everyone's got a clean slate Do you know, I think we'd all love Scott Brown to be what we all hope he would be, and we've maybe seen in some games, and probably more for Scotland than Celtic. But he's, um, I think he's time. I mean, we've all agreed. Brown, Mulgrew, and Commons need to go. That's it. They're, they're the old school. They didn't do it for Tyler, and they should be on the rear. You agree with that? Yep. <coughs> well, <laughs> yep. Brown's a third. Right. Jesus. Let's just cut to the chase. Everyone in the huddle boards just switched off. Yep. <laughs> um, no, the the guy can't. He can't pass the ball. He's 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 sadly. I think his his body for uh, you know for for being a an athlete and and you know playing for an aspiring Champions League team is just not. It's, it can't it can't cope anymore. Um, and it's a shame to see him go through so many in, in, injuries and things. I I think it'd be better for him for his career if he went to say Hibs. If he went back to Hibs, he would play less games in a season. He could contribute to them getting promotion. You know, go go out and end his career that way. I don't want to see him. Um, kind of you know, being in the background and, and being left out and then, you know, a big question mark over him for a, for another season or two. It, it's pointless. Um, the, the thing is, Rogers. we spoke about it, we've spoken about it on the podcast before when, uh, kind of, last, obviously last season. Rogers was almost constrained by the, the fact that Gerard was still there. Gerard, it always looked to me like the aura around Gerard at Liverpool, which is absolutely understandable, but the power that that man had, I think, held things back for Brendan Rodgers in a way. Obviously, he took them like so close, and it was really Gerard's slip that cost him the cost him the league. But in terms of you know being able to build a build a team, um, the way he wanted, I think he always felt the pressure of having to play Stephen Gerrard at times, um, and I worry that that could be what happens with Scott Brown. That because he's club captain, because he's done so magnificently for us in the past, oh, that he, he uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so sorry, we've got a couple of back mm-hmm. off the other board. Um, 
you know, we, that he has to play him, and I, I don't want him shoehorned. I don't want anybody shoehorned into a team to appease people. It has to be the best player for that position plays at all times, unless obviously they're, they're injured or, or otherwise. Don't be putting Scott Brown in if you don't honestly believe that he's the best player in that role. And I can't see any role that he would be the best player in. Um, yes, so Scott Brown. I think the difference is that Gerard was a proper legend at Liverpool. Scott Brown, for all his success as a captain, which you can't take away from him, He's not a Celtic legend, and I don't think there'll be a huge outcry if he was dropped. I disagree. I think there will be a huge outcry. I genuinely do. Um, whether it's the right th- right thing for the club or not, I isn't the point. I think people people want to be. You know, there's a certain level of sentimentality that we need to look by. We just need to. These guys are paid to play for Celtic, and um, you know their assets. Let's move them on. It's business, mate. It's business. Uh, Lee Griffiths, Kieran, future. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can't do. It. I mean, forty goals in a season um, is tremendous. Um, <clears throat> you can't take ability away from him as well. There's slight parts to his game that aren't quite as good as others, but you need d- more biting. Uh, half a team more biting, more biting, a lot more. <laughs> um, there's part, there's parts of his game that can be developed to actually make him a really good striker. Um, I mean, he's got, he's got the, f- the finishing ability. He's got the first touch. He's got the pace. He's got the, the ability to kind of move defenders. It's just sometimes he, he feels this kind of need that if the game needs a goal, he's the man that should be getting it. And he takes things too far. So he maybe takes touches too far and shoots, or he doesn't pass whenever he's a pass over there. And he, I, I, that might be the, the role as a striker. They, they will feel that we're the one that needs to score the goal, but it can be shared around the team. Every, all your attacking players have got the ability to score, so... Uh, I'd like to see him not 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 try and feel that kind of the onus in him and him only to score goals. Um, so if he can have lost that little bit and just have a bit more awareness and just took his time, but I mean he is. I mean he's an absolutely talented player. You see at times some of his first touches as well can be the way he can pick a ball at the sky is quite quite good. Pick a ball at the sky. Don't you worry about that. That's okay, a, that's a pluck. I apologise. Um, well, what we're going to do now is going to take a quick break and uh, we bring ourselves back in.
Joined now by uh, Cynic himself. Cynic himself, is that a thing? Uh, Seth Dobson. Hi, Seth. Hi, thanks for having me. What's your um, Twitter account again? At uh, 226blog. Great stuff. Um, give him a follow, um, as follow all the cynics. Um, yeah. So, what do you think about Brendan Rogers? I'm pumped up, man. I like him. I like him a lot. Says all the right things. Uh, I think, you know, uh, he's. He's a lot like Ronnie, right? In in that he's um, focuses a lot on developing young talent, um, and that's the that's the key for me. Like that's what I want to see. I don't want to see overpaying for over the hill or um, you know uh, even peak age players who aren't that good. I mean, if we if they were good, they would be at other teams because we can't compete for wages, right? So. Um, I would prefer to see us developing the young talent, you know, make, you know, building them up, you know, selling some of them on for a profit, keeping some around to become like the future of the team. And he's done this and he has experience doing this at, at the highest levels, you know, at Chelsea and, and, uh, and then later on as, as manager at, at Liverpool. I mean, look what he did with Sterling um, and guys like that. I mean, uh, Suarez, you know. Um, that's what I, that's what I really want to see. And I think it's a, it's a natural continuation actually from Ronnie. It's not such a huge shift, um, which I like also. I, I we, we agree with you. Um, what do you th- see? Actually, well, firstly, can you, you've got, you've been doing stats throughout the season. Who's been, do you know who statistically been, has been Ronnie's best player this season? Uh, well, Griffiths, yeah, obviously. I mean, if you talk about um, contribution to goals in the form of um, his own goals and then also assists for other people, you're looking at something like 26% of all of our goals um, are coming from uh, Lee Griffiths. And then it's a, it's, a, it's a big gap until you get to the second uh, person in that list, which is uh, Rojic. Uh, so, uh, it's pretty obvious who the, who the most important player is. And it's a little bit concerning actually, you know, because you don't want to see that much skew in that the distribution of, uh, goal contribution to where it's basically all, 
you know, one guy. Um, because, you know, obviously people have talked about already the concerns about injuries. You know, what if he gets injured? Um, but the other thing is, is that it's not sustainable. He's not going to do that. He's not going to hit 40 goals next season. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, they're all laughing at me because it, it, we obviously kind of figured it was <laughs> it was Griffiths. Uh, but Roderick being second is quite interesting, Lou, considering we were talking about him just a minute ago. Yep. Um, yeah, as, as I was saying, you know, you can see the, the progress he's made this year. Um, he's... He came uh, from being a player that was really kind of forgotten about to being someone that I think the majority of Celtic fans now consider, or at least recognise the the talent that the boy has. Um, the way he set up the goal uh, in the last game of the season, the, the Motherwell game, uh, the little bit of skill and, and pass that he made. He's got it. I mean, he's definitely got it. He's got the talent. It's just whether uh, there is a position for him and still consistency. Team. Consistency as well, because there are games where maybe he doesn't have as big an influence as, as he probably should. Of course, but remember that was his first, really his first season of of football. I mean, he's played before, but he played. He had a really significant amount of amount of games and really put in a contribution this year so he's going to learn from that and you've got a manager as you know we've all we've all mentioned uh, and Seth was saying a manager who's got a background in working with youth he knows uh, you know that's where he started working with youth players Um, I think if anybody was going to get the best out of Roger it would be Brendan Rodgers what are the stats do you know the stats for young Tierney just so we can all kind of own up well, I mean, all the his most important stats would be things that I can't track because of lack of uh, public, you know, data. Things like, uh, you know, tackles and and challenges and 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 things like that. He's not contributed that much to um, to goals, but that's not really his thing. You know, to be honest, um, as far as like attacking wise, just from a sheer numbers perspective, uh, Izagiri has better numbers than than Tierney. Now. Obviously, defensively, I'd rather have um, uh, young young Tierney. And the other thing is, like, I I think Tierney's deliveries are actually better. Like, subjectively, when I when I watch his crosses, they look better to me than than um, Izagiri. And I wish I had data that could show that you know his accuracy as far as crosses and passing was better than Izagiri's. But I have a sense that it is. Um, but as far as overall numbers, Izagiri has 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 better numbers. But I think you'd take that with a grain of salt. Um, see, obviously we're talking about um, building and where we're going to go in the future under sort of Brendan Rodgers. Um, who would you who would you highlight as the players you'd like to see Celtic actually kind of develop a team around? Uh, well, uh, Rojic. Um, is um, is arguably our second best player from 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 this season, and he's still a young player, so he's not even in his peak. And uh, so, as someone you could build a team around, I think I think you have one there. Obviously, Roberts, uh, but you know, long term, he's he's not going to be there um, with us. I think you know, I think we have a lot of really good young players. Um, and we have some very mediocre peak players, guys who are supposedly in their peak age range, and they're not that much better than our younger players. In fact, some of them are worse. So 
I don't see the point in continuing with the likes of uh, Brown and even Lustig to a degree. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 hey. whoa, 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 Soft whoa, 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 Soft J, Soft J. Whoa. We got Soft J, Soft J. Whoa, you damn <laughs> Whoa, the nail has been hit on the head. Completely. I take it back. Sorry, keep. I take it back. No, but I, I, I just think you know, uh, for the the long term health of the club and and the overall strategy, um, you know, let I me mean, take a look at Ajax, right? They they don't have a single outfield player in their squad uh, over the age of thirty, and it's it's just the model that they that they adhere to, and look at you know as far as uh, European outcomes, we had exactly the same result as they did last season. And, you know, where did all that veteran talent get us in Europe compared to compared to Ajax last season? It got us a, 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 a guy pitching a fit, you know, from being taken off. So I, I, I'm all about the youth and I think we have the talent um, to really capitalize on it. And I don't want to see us become, you know, the MLS of uh, the UK where we're bringing in, you know, over the likes of uh, – Joey Barton, no offense, he's past his prime. We don't need him. We don't need those types of guys. You can have leaders on the pitch who are young. Being a leader is not a function of age. So I would I would say build the team around the youth, no matter who it is. Yeah, I agree. Brian, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, pretty much agree. I think we've all said that one of the bonuses or one of the things we all got behind Moroni was the, the potential for developing young players and he's done that and I think he's left a, a core of a, a decent squad problem being is that you can't have a team full of youngsters um, I can well you can but it's not going to help them um, you need somebody who's going to help them develop on the field give them the benefit of their experience the problem Celtic have is that I don't think we have anyone in the squad just now that's capable of doing that. So Rogers is going to have to go out and get someone who has got a decent amount of experience, is at a decent age, maybe late twenties, um, who can come in, command a place in the team, and help develop what we've got. I think Svetchenko is very good, um, and he's a great um, leader from the from the defence. Young Tierney, hopefully Yanko will come in. Don't know who's going to partner Eric. Um, Lustig. No. Um, He's got experience. But we need. I think Rogers' first signing should be someone who has a, a, a lot of experience and can help develop what we've got. Maybe it will be Joe Allen, but we can afford him. Have you got any stats regarding uh, Brendan Rogers? Yeah, I'm working on it right now because um, you know I just started looking looking into it. I've, Got the his first season at Liverpool um, pretty much sorted. Um, I think you know what I'm seeing here. Just to give an overall kind of impression is you know with regard to what we like to see on the field. Definitely, a, a attacking football is what I'm seeing in these numbers. I mean, at, uh, in his first season at Liverpool, they finished seventh, but they were number one in the league in terms of shots and shots on target. Um, but there is a concern here, which is one that we had, uh, under Ronnie, which is the quality of those shots. Where are the shots coming from? Um, 
at least in his first season at Liverpool, I do see some evidence of a um, over-reliance on what I would call low-quality shots, so things coming outside the danger zone, um, outside the box, um, shots from from poor locations. So um, at the end of the day, if you take enough shots like like we have like we have done under Ronnie, that doesn't matter because you you'll end up getting your goals. But I would like to see a transition away from you know shoot on sight um, and uh, you know lo- loads and loads of shots from anywhere on the pitch to you know something a little bit more focused on on quality. And I just don't know if uh, if we have evidence for that yet. You know from what I've seen in the uh, uh, numbers from Liverpool under Rodgers. Well, to be honest, Seth, we're expecting an article from you in a couple of weeks with all your data collated. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll get that and we'll certainly um, we'll certainly pun that for you. Uh, what was your kind of highlight of last season? Uh, the highlight of, of last season for me, um, as far as um, you know, the overall team. I mean, seeing Tierney come in and the first game he played and the first game he started, I think it was one of the ones in Europe, right? And he just was a revelation like uh you know right away you're just like this guy needs to be starting and it's amazing uh because he's just a kid and it really and then seeing him develop you know and and be be consistent and maintain that consistency really sold me on the idea that you know we could be a team full of mostly young players we could be um because this guy is is better than izagiri and looking at our older players, I don't think most of them are significantly better than our younger players. So I understand, you know, needing um, someone who uh, has experience on the pitch, you know, to help organize people and get people motivated. But look at Eric. I mean, you give you gave the example of uh, Spiochenko as as having that experience. He's not that old. So that's my point is like it's not a function of age, right? Just because, you know, some of these older guys are around doesn't mean they necessarily should be taking spots away from our younger guys just based on age. You can get people like Spiochenko, who who is a a natural leader, who does have a lot of experience despite his young age. And you can take, you know, take advantage of being able to develop those younger players. I'd I'd agree. I think if... I think if you're good enough, you're old enough to a certain extent. Um, I agree. And, and there's there's players. I mean, we we've spoke about uh, different players. Many of them for a while were coming from Dundee United, but there's a lot of young talent in Scotland. Uh, players such as say John Souter, who, who moved on to to Hearts, someone who had played a lot of games uh, in the Premier League has played a lot of games in the Premier League. Um, other players. Um, Ryan Gold had played a, a significant number. If players have played, you know, forty games in the Premier League, fifty games, and and they might still be teenagers because 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 often that's what happens, especially in uh, well, there's a, there's certainly a, a chance for it to happen in Scotland. Players coming in at uh, seventeen, eighteen, and having the chance to play a couple of seasons, um, and and play you know as many games as they, as they can physically cope with uh, at that point those are players that even we can go for you know if if they've 
if they've got that that to me is experience as well as you know players who have maybe played down in the Premiership for a, for a year or two the fact that players have played games matters um, I think there's a di- there's a big difference between doing that going and buying a player who's uh, you know a 19 year old still 19 but has maybe played a season of football compared to taking a youngster out of someone else's youth academy who has only ever played development football there's a big difference between those two and we need to be a bit we kind of need to be a bit smarter and, and go for players that are kind of tried and tested but have bags of potential still left in them. I agree. I think it's a great philosophy. It's a great way to move forward, Brian. I don't think we should go out and buy any more young players. I think we've bought enough. I think there's a load of talent in the youth teams and, and ready to to progress. I would rather, if we're going to develop young players, I would rather develop the ones we have yeah. just now. Yeah, I, agree. I, 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 would, I would agree, but I think... In the future, it's something that we have to look at if we're going to go and buy, you know, Yanko, for example, you know, he, he there was a lot of uh, a lot of Manchester United fans were on social media and things were gutted to see that boy go, but had he really done anything? Not really, he'd only ever played kind of youth football and development football and he was a prospect. He's came to Celtic, okay, he's been injured for quite a while, but even before his injury... He wasn't quite really, you know, yeah. pushing Lush to go to the team. See, um, my fr- I've got a friend down in London who was messaging me um, and he was saying, uh, who's the boy in the midfield? Plays for Hibs. He was brilliant. I've never seen him before. Who is he? John McGinn. That's someone who, who, who doesn't, doesn't, doesn't know Hibs, doesn't know, isn't specifically looking out, but he's looking on that pitch and he sees someone stand out. And you know, thing. Listen, um, we're gonna we're gonna let you go, uh, Seth. But it's been a pleasure, and we're gonna get you on a lot more frequently next season. All right, sounds good. Um, also, are you gonna be watching the Euros? So, do you know anything about European football? Seth? Do you know anything about the Euros? About internationals? This is nat- international football. Yeah, European Championships. Yeah, no, I usually watch. I usually do. Yeah, I will. Well, we're going to do a couple of European Euro podcasts. We'd love to have your input on them. Yeah, I can probably whip up some stats for those as well. I know how you guys love the stats. Love the stats, man. Uh, we'll speak to you soon, pal, and uh, take care. Okay, bye, guys. Cheers, man. Cheers, Seth. See you later. Bye.
we're going to have a sort of look back at the season in a way. Um, it was, in a lot of ways, a successful season, and in another, and in, in certain other ways, look at the guns on Keelan. Did you see that? We're not on Periscope right now. All right, sorry. Um, it was a good season, and you know, f- in terms of the fact that we won the league, and there was some really great performances. But are you can you pay attention? What? It's just Am you I talking. I just noticed it? that Brian has small feet. Brian does have tiny feet. That is weird. It's a size eight. They're pretty average. They're not. I'm a size twelve, for example. I'm a size twelve. No, you're not. not. Yes, I am. That's weird, though. No, that he's a size twelve. You're probably eleven out of twelve. Ten. Hold on a minute. Right. You're a size 12 feet. You know what you say about guys with big, big socks. Shut it, size 10. I no. thought size 8 feet Grow were pretty up. average. Um, tweet us at 90 minutes, Nick. What size of feet are you? Yes. <laughs> this is taking over from her chat this season. Yeah, okay, so next season's next maybe season will be. Shoe size. Uh, you have massive feet. I know, man. That's weird. Right, this is just a bit odd. Uh, Louis? Yes. No, I'm not going to start with Louis. I'm going to start with Kieran. Oh, you can't do that. Aye, ah, you can. All right, Louis. Louis um, interrupt anyway, this <laughs> Highlights of the season. Okay, just overall thoughts in the season. It's been a fill in the black, fill in the blank. It's been a what season? Don't say pish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a frustrating season. Um, a season where we hoped at the start that we were maybe going to pick up after the the way the first season ended uh, ended under Ronnie uh, things had started to get better and we thought you know we could kick on we could kick on from this and, and have a real go this season and sadly it it just didn't materialize even at the the start of the season with it with the qualifiers and everything like that, we ran into trouble again. Ended up getting very depressing with defeats to teams that no disrespect to them, but we should have put in a much better, better, stronger performance. And teams that I think, you know, in terms of where they are in world football, you know, I think we as a club and the resources that we have and the fan base that we have and the expectation we have, we should have been beating the likes of Mal- Malmo and Mulder and you know, they have they they definitely done things right in terms of being very effective uh, in how they set up their teams and with a limited budget what they were able to produce from that. Um but we struggled. We absolutely struggled and Right away, as soon as the, as soon as the kind of European side of things materialised the way they did, we were on a bit of a downer, and you were waiting for the season to pick back up. You were waiting for performances to raise everybody's spirits again, and it it just never really happened. Fenerbahce first half phenomenal, phenomenal football. It, what as Ronnie said a million times when he was manager, it's. Football's in the small details, the small details between winning and losing, and to a certain extent, he's true. Uh, it, it is true, but there's so many small details that you have to get right, and he couldn't get enough of them right. Um, I'm going to come, Kieran and Brian, to have a think when I ask Lou these because he's the guinea pig for the questions. Uh, uh, what are your high? What's your highlight and your low light? In fact, we'll start with the. Is low light a thing? Low light? I don't think low light is a thing. Um, what is? What was your lowest point of the season? What? At what point did you think Ronnie Dyla can't be the Celtic manager anymore? And let's take out the match against Rangers because yeah, it was that's a massively know, obvious the, question from the host. The no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that. It, Brian. Uh, Sorry. 
was it Moldawi or Malmoawi? Malmoawi and Moldawi were both. Well, what one was the really. Moldawi was probably the worst. Malmo, we went into that tie and we had, there was a slight chance. Malmo was, Malmo put us at the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. Mal- right. Molda, it was the plastic pitch, if you remember. Yes. It was raining. Both yes. teams that, were when, barely. When, and that was a game that Commons had his spat with, with Collins. It is, yeah. Um, that, for me, was the worst. That. I, that was honestly one of the lowest moments for me as a as a Celtic fan, which, of course, from a football perspective, be, be, we're because because I'm because I'm so young, obviously we're not, we're not talking about up. from a like business perspective. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. we're talking Just about from in recent in recent years that is that I've I've not felt that gutted at a, a performance from a Celtic team, and it was just so pitiful, um, and I I was really kind of disgusted with them at that point um, so that would be the, the low light if you want to call it that highlight highlight uh, young Tierney is the highlight he is the highlight of the season he's just been fantastic um, to the performances that he puts in inspires you more than um, anybody else um, and he just he just feels like it just feels like it's one of your, it's it's the closest thing you're gonna get to being out there on that pitch is through someone like uh, young Tierney. He's fantastic. Um, he does have an amazing connection with the fans. Like people genuinely, as Louis says, he can almost you know that type of guy. Like he genuinely does. He puts passion into his play in a way that a lot of players don't. Those tackles mentioning the the, the Rangers semi final. Those tackles. You could see the determination, and it wasn't like snidey or like out to hurt oh, it was concentration. anybody. But it was concentration, yep. absolutely, and it was just determination, and it was phenomenal. Timing, timing, Keely, you stand at just like your timing with this comment. Perfect, perfect timing. Uh, Kieran, uh, what would your low point of the season be? Um, <clears throat> low, low, perf- low point for a performance or a result was Fenerbahce. I mean, I thought two, we were turning up. We were. St- controlling the game so much and then there was FA's mistake but it was the fact that it was just one mistake but we allowed it to integrate into our performance and just nerves all through the team yeah, performance yeah. dipped character disappeared when it really shouldn't have because we, although we let that doorway open for Fenerbahce because of the error we could have still slammed it straight shut got back on the ball controlled the possession and then we got another goal and we would have won that 3-1 but we, which we've seen throughout the season, there was a number of number of performances where the character just disappeared. Because um, also just the recent Aberdeen game as well, where we were three 0 up, and then they scored. And after the game, Dial admitted that um, when they scored to make it three one, nerve nerves kicked in. And I was thinking to myself, "Hold on a minute, you're at home, you're now the champ. Well, you're pretty much the champions. You've still got a two goal advantage. Nerves should never be anywhere near that." It still be a thing of okay, we've lost a goal, but we're going to get another one. Yeah, I think it's the kind of that sort of mentality kind of haunted this, this season. Um, I'll come to you for your for your highlight in a second. Now, Brian, what would you sort of? I know just let's get the low light, low, low light, low light. <laughs> low light, the 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 worst sort of performances out the way, and then we can focus on the positive. I think it was the consistent inconsistency. Is that a thing? Um, where you would dominate like Malmo, uh, Ajax, Fenerbahce, where you had playing really well in periods and then the heads go down something goes wrong and they couldn't raise their game um, 
that's why we didn't make the Champions League and that's also why obviously when we finally got to Europa League it was just a disaster they had so many opportunities and I think it's really I'm, I'm still disappointed that it didn't work out for Ronnie but like as Louis said the kind of small margins margins for error yeah um, he was a pretty unlucky manager I mean Seth always used to and Christian in particular backed up so many games that we'd lost with stats that would say you know they should have won so the manager's done something right it was the players just not properly executing the, the opportunities um, me, me personally just to get at the, the sort of low parts out of it um, Aberdeen away in February um it's one of the most spineless performances I've seen from a Celtic side. Um, after that game, I realised that the job was too big for Dyla. And uh, it, it was the performance. And to get me wrong, we can talk about you know Dyla and he puts a team out and X, Y, Z. But those fucking players, Scott Brown and all those guys who knew what it was. And afterwards, it was the same interviews. It was, well, we'll, we'll keep on trucking. Well, you know, we know what we can't. We've let ourselves down. And, and it was the same sound bites from the same players over and over again. And it frustrated me. It frustrated me when Ronnie did it as well. You know, we'll, we'll keep on going. And it was just like... I, same time, I guess there's nothing else he can say. But when they're consistently letting you down, that Aberdeen performance, right up there with one of the most turgid callow, just pathetic performances from a Celtic side I've seen in a long time, and that's when I knew the job was too big for Ronnie Dyler. Um, there was just a real lack of character in so many big games, Yeah, which was ultimately Ronnie's downfall, I think. Exactly. Uh, highlight, Kieran? Um, well, Louis get Tierney, that's, that's, I think that probably will be everyone's in there. Um, for me, be Griffiths, I think. 40 goals, just watching him, some of his goals were fantastic, his passion, for, for the, he actually loves playing for the club, you can see it, yeah. now. he has a real, a real connection with the fans, um, and just watching him, I think, um, just fantastic to watch, and then um, he's been a good a good highlight for the season. Yeah, and things can only get better with, with Griffiths, if he stays fit, I think he'll do another 40 next season, I really do. Uh, Brian, highlight, game, player, situation? I think they're signing Eric. I think it's been a, a real coup. I think he'll do great things until we sell him to Southampton. Um, if you're doing a backflip off the podium when we win the league, it's probably the only decent thing he's ever done for us. To be honest, my, my highlight, the, the game I probably enjoyed most was the, the last game of Motherwell. the season. Well, I mean, I, the last game of the season is usually a nothing affair, but it showed, I know the whole full dialer that kind of Christian kind of created the idea of it um, but it was it was Christie again you talk about a wee guy who just wants to play for Celtic Christie's just wants to play for Celtic Patrick Roberts showed and as much as people will turn around and say well it was last game of the season doesn't really matter Motherwell didn't turn up he's still you know Celtic dictated play so maybe Motherwell didn't turn up because they weren't allowed to it was exactly what we'd all been crying out for Right since that Dundee United game. Don't, that bloody Dundee United game. If we spoke about that, we should speak a bit more about that. Here's what sums up the last couple of years. That Dundee United game and Dirk's first 20 minutes. Jesus. Right. Oh. We've got some questions. From That's the a player. highlight getting rid of Dirk. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. I Wait, is, he, is he anywhere? Like, Who would sign a guy who's played two games in fucking three years? Apparently we sold Skepovich for 1.5 million. That's got to be rubbish. Aye. Yeah. And we get rid of Cole. Yeah, we can't, the transfer window's not open yet. We've a, no, it is. It's open now. Is it? Is it a first of Jenoms? 
I thought it was literally. Face, <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's the first of June. Um, we Who's got the Euros, Kieran. We got some. We got some questions. Uh, here we go. Uh, okay, sorry. Just a second. rush, Chris. Too. Honestly, um, keep it to ninety minutes. I want my Ninety minutes. You can suck it. Um, who will be Brendan Rodgers' first signing, and why? An assistant. That's not a signing. Kind of is a very important signing. <coughs> it's an appointment. It's not a signing. Did he have the same assistant at what? Swansea and Liverpool? Um, the guy who was his no, assistant at Swansea doesn't take them with him. It's, it's the Reading. guy. The guy he was at with. It was. Is it Reading? He's currently at Reading, I think. Yeah, he was the guy with him at Swansea. Is the guy who's going to be lined up as assistant? He said they already know so his background team will be, but he's not announced it. He's still trying to get it sorted. He's been so cheeky. Steve Clark. That'd be good. <laughs> Uh, Kieran, who do you think his first signing will be? Or actually, let him, uh, who, who would you like his first signing to be? What position within the pitch? Doesn't necessarily have to be a player. But I'd like a centre half because I can see the fact there's a bit of an issue coming up with that when it comes to Euros because Yozo's injured still. Well, Gru's not at the club anymore. We've got Big Eric. What? What? Well, Gru's not. Well, he's got a contract, huh? He's got a contract. Ah, he's gone. Are you joking? Yeah, Ben's going to sign him. I've tapped my email already. Um, <laughs> and I think as Effie's got away, he's away. Oh. Hopefully, hope to Christ, he's away. That's that's how Brendan was I think we we'll actually have two fit centre halves coming up for the Euros qualifiers, so we're stuck. So we need a centre half, and I would not be surprised if he brings in Cole Tourney because Cole Tourney is quite far down the pecking order. Love, he's just playing just now because of a lot of injuries and stuff, but. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting one. Uh, here's what a question for for Louis Graham Mackay from At Pedestrian G. When you saw Brendan, did it you know move? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, oh, there you go. No comment. You periscoped it as well. Uh, Periscope. Should we be concerned? <laughs> this is from Laugh the Tim at O A. Oh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we be concerned that it? That's his. Ah, that's his. Twitter handle, amazing. Um, should we be concerned that it's only a twelve-month rolling contract Rogers has signed? I don't think so. No, because Neil was. I know. I think it's it five years. Pretty it's pretty standard these days in terms of how Celtic. Every do business. Celtic manager since Neil has Tony Mowbray didn't. Tony Mowbray had a had a three-year deal. Did they? They had a three-year contract. No, Dylan, oh, no, no. Wasn't he rolling? I was. I was. Wasn't rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's. I think it's kind of standard practice now. I'm not. I'm not concerned about it. And in a way, as much as people will say, well, it doesn't, you know, lock them down. It also protects the club. Um, it works for both parties. And it was quite nice to hear Rogers say something about something we'll do over in response to one of, his, one of the questions he was asked at the press conference. He said it's something we'll look to do over the next few years. Exactly. But, I mean, I mean, just nice of it. We know he's not going to be here for that long, but it's nice to hear him say it. Uh, dream first signing for Rogers era and a realistic one. So, is there a realistic target that you maybe think to yourself, "Yeah, we could go and get him"? Off the top of my head, no. Jerry Craney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it just I, depends what he's going to do. We've got a bloated squad as it is. I don't know necessarily. Ashley Williams is centre half. See, the thing is, like I said earlier, is how many he, he if he's got an, an, an ideal squad size, say it's twenty three, twenty four. We're sitting at thirty three. So he's going, have, he's going to have to. Small squad. He's going to have to drop it down to that level and drop it down further so that he can bring. 
Are we going to be capable of actually selling off 10, 12 players? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of just released I'm all of them. Uh, Martin McKeown at Martin M195. Just a comment. Genuinely excited about this. It feels bigger than O'Neill. Well, Parkhead had 10,000 people in it, so... That, it is bigger O'Neill. Bigger than O'Neill because as great as Martin O'Neill was and turned out to be, this is... A guy who who recently managed Liverpool. Aye, this isn't this a is, guy this is who huge. had been the manager of Leicester. And I think, as we all said, Celtic had to make a statement with this appointment. And I don't think any of us were completely convinced they would. Um, but they have to get... This is a massive, massive coup for Celtic and for Scottish football as well. I think as well it's the belief... I mean, they initially actually had that um, advertised as they would parade them at 6 o'clock on, uh, was it Celtic Way they caught? Yeah. On yeah. Celtic Way. Oh, the Madrid collection <laughs> destroyed. So, that's what, initially that's what it was meant to happen, but they've actually had to open the stadium because the sheer numbers wanted yeah. to come up and welcome them. So, that shows you that the, the, the fans are really, really excited about it and they're really, they ha- they're holding them in a high stead that they're willing to kind of go out and welcome them that way. Exactly. Louis, question for you. This is from at Tom Sheffield. Um And uh, you know what? I'll, if you guys can both think about this as well and I'll do so. Uh, top five at Celtic just now. If you have to keep five, if Brendan has to keep five, who would the five be? Five players? Five players. Jesus. Um, okay. Tierney. Okay. Eric. Okay. Christy. Okay. Tam. And Griffiths. Brian, uh, Kieran, have a think. Tierney, Eric, Johansson, McGregor, and Griffiths. Kieran, um, you can't <laughs> get <identify. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gordon, Tierney, Sviachenko, McGregor, and Griffiths. Mine would be Mulgrew, Commons, Brown. Um, he also asks uh, who would be Brendan Rodgers' first signing um, defender, possibly. I think we've we've touched on Kieran. You just mentioned a couple of minutes ago a defender, probably in terms of the shite we've got there. <laughs> um, it would be good. Brendan's hair thoughts from Bobo Balti at Bobo Balti. Louis uh, needs work, but like his team, he'll be developing it hopefully. Yeah. Callum McCullough, who's tweeted quite a few times recently, hello Callum, uh, he's actually sent a wee sort of statement. As much as I understand the excitement, and it's like I'm reading out uh, <laughs> on behalf of <laughs> on behalf of him, um, as much as I'm a, un, I am, <clears throat> as much as I understand excitement and the fact it's great, simply because it was the best appointment. Do you think people are getting seriously carried away? There are still a lot of doubts hanging over Rogers. He was unsuccessful at Watford, and even more so at Reading. There are those who say it was Swansea, it was Martinez who built the squad and put the style in place, and then and, and in the end, Liverpool, due to unfortunate circumstances, ultimately he was a failure. Don't get me wrong I'm loving this but trepidation is that Callum, 140 characters no I did a thing well done Callum the 90 minute cynic is your perfect podcast my friend <laughs> get him on <laughs> you are a cynic yeah Chris or Manny yeah, thank you. I get what you're saying I think people there were people maybe going a bit over the top I'm very excited I've not been this excited from a, from a Celtic appointment Ever. Me, Martin O'Neill was as close as I've been as I feel right now, genuinely over the moon. Um, but yeah, let's just 
there is a chance he could go like any appointment there, nothing is guaranteed in football Watford and Redden were obviously just his starting point I was from just getting into his building his starting his career Swansea was the next step up he continued oh, Martin's maybe have started it but he still was able to continue it and improve it and then he just take the step up to Liverpool and he was at he was, I mean, like we keep going on about it, he was so close to actually winning the league with that team, so he's actually managed to get a performance out of a team for a whole season um, that well, got let's so see, close. Let's see how close Klopp gets. And I don't mean that, I like Klopp, I'm a Klopp fan, but let's see how close he gets. But then um, the UEFA Cup final the other night was the majority of the team not Brendan Rodgers signings. Pretty much. Liverpool. Yeah. And he took Swansea up and they finished 11th in his first season, so that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, at Roman v- Vegan, <laughs> Roman Vegan, like Roman like, uh, Tone um, what is a reasonable target for Celtic this season achievement wise well I think we've covered that I think the group stages of a European tournament and uh, the league and possibly a cup but no, I, th- I think group stages of Europa isn't enough I think you'd have to get out the, the Europa yeah aye, okay aye, but from a start on point yeah well you're anticipating get through the first couple of qualifiers of the Champions League so then you're immediately in the group stages of Europa anyway, whether you get, if you get put out. Very good. Um, <laughs> at Goon Observatory, um, Patrick, he asks, I'm going to ask uh, Louis McCaffrey here, given that Champions League qualifiers are so early, should Rogers be careful about changing our style, shape, personnel too quickly? Interesting question. Uh, I would trust that he, would, he knows what's, what's at stake. Uh, if you like, the... The interviews that were going about, which we tweeted out as well, um, from the Redmen TV, uh, the Liverpool channel on YouTube, um, he talks about um, having to come up with a, a formation and a and a, a style kind of in the interim until he can bring his own players in. Uh, pretty much exactly what he's going to have to do at Celtic. He, he might have to adapt his thinking just for those games because he's going to have to primarily use the players that he's already got. And then we'll see it. Ultimately, like any manager, you can't really expect a massive amount style-wise until they have had a bit of time on the, on the training ground. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does, but I think over time, over over the piece, by the time Christmas comes, I would I would like to see some notable progress. Comments on that, Kieran, or do you want a new question? You want a new question? What do you want to Um Okay. Evening, gents. This is from Stephen Hughes. Team to start next season in Brendan's preferred four three three with single pivot. So obviously, just the the striker being the pivot. Um, no. What? He's not single pivot is the defensive midfielder. That's what I was thinking. Double pivot would be the two. Alright, fair enough, Mr. Tactics. Jesus Christ. This strike is, is Lee Griffiths gonna pivot. Shut up. What do you mean by pivot in the game of football? I don't know what these dickheads are talking about, Stephen. You've caused just a mass fight here, to be honest. <laughs> watch watch the Red Men TV interview, he explains it very well when he's got one or two. Uh, so, do one of you guys want to answer that? Who's the question again? Evening, gents. Who's going to be the single pivot? Team to Beaton. start next season in... Who's the single... What is, who's Be- the single... Beaton. Beaton's the single pivot, pivot, I think, is... Pivot! The, <laughs> the midfielder who dictates play, who picks a pass and controls the game. The only player we've got that does that just now is Beaton. Unless Rogic sits a bit deeper with that, somebody help. Yeah, Beaton. Beat off. Um, does Brown fit Roger's style of play? That's from... <laughs> 
That's quite good. <laughs> Lyle Davidson. Uh, I think we kind of, whether he fits it or not, um, I, we don't think he should be involved. Who? Brown. Oh, no. Yeah. I just don't see where he fits in any of those positions. Especially if you think of Beaton. Beaton is not a box-to-box midfielder. I don't think. No, I know, but he would so, sit. He would pivot. Yeah, no, that's what but I'm saying. But be be Beaton, that means that Beaton has only got one role. Yeah, and and Brown isn't going to go into that role. I think. I think so, what what in all seriousness, what Rogers likes is he likes fast football, but he likes players who can pass. And Brown's biggest downfall is the fact that he can't pass. And that's why I don't think he's going to fit Roger's style of play. I don't no. necessarily think he thought he fitted into Dyla's style of play either. And that maybe that again that's coming back. Then to Bitton might not fit there because Bitton slows the play down. Exactly. No, well that's Rogers, if you think Rogers likes it kinda of moving quite but fast. But then I think only slows it down because he didn't have runners last season. He didn't have people looking for the ball. There was a lot of times last season where you just he didn't have options. So it Aye, depending on how everyone's playing together, we could, if we need to be a cohesive unit. And if we're a cohesive unit, then I think you'll see qualities from players we didn't see this season come out a bit more. But then Rogers' style is to beat other teams by keeping the ball, whether it's four three three or four five one or whatever he decides to play. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. Um, Did Rogers ever play a high pressing game? Like, well, that's just that he, play, he played. He played a different style at Swansea than he does, did at Liverpool. So I think he's it's possession players. football at yeah, Swansea. But his main thing is keep the ball, break down the opposition just by basically seeing where the chink is. It's it's, it's patience, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that that's something. And it's something Celtic fans, also <laughs> Scottish football fans, don't have, which is going to be difficult. Um, Jason Kearney at JC eighteen eighty eight. Those jalapeno crisps sound stinking. They're not. They are. They're terrific. Jalapeno, terrific. I never even tried them, but jalapeno crisps are amazing. They're Brendan's crisp of choice. Uh, question from Michael McDonald um, at Mikey underscore Boy. Uh, while we're all delighted, Ari Rogers. Why does everyone on the podcast constantly sp- express disdain when talking about Lennon? Um, I just don't rate him as a football manager. Um, I th- I think he left us in an absolute state. I think that the last season we were embarrassed in Europe. Um, from a personal point of view, I'm not going to comment. I don't have a particularly personal... I don't have an opinion on him personally. I do not like him as a football manager. I don't rate him in any way. I think that he dropped the ball in a lot of ways. And people will say, oh, at Bolton he didn't you know, have the opportunity. I don't really care. I just don't like him as a football manager. I don't have this. I have a disdain for the idea of him coming back, which was terrifying because I think he's too old-fashioned. I mean, we've talked about this before, but one of the first things he did to, was get rid of the the football analytics department at Bolton. He's very old-fashioned and not in a good way. He's backwards and he's just not a very good football manager. I also think he was really snidey when he came out ten minutes after Ronnie had his press conference to talk about how he was not signing and flaunted himself for his job. There's also rumours that he met with certain players. Um, and again, these are just rumours, non-confirmed. But I just don't like the cut of his jib as a football manager. Brian? Totally disagree. I love Neil Lennon. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> 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 Completely thrown under the bus. No, um, I think we would all been horrified at the fact of him coming back. He done, should have done better as a Celtic manager. He won a league um, in his second season, should have won it in the first. Um the Barcelona game, I think, gets Lennon a lot of credit. Um, when actually, if you look at his tenure over the four years, it wasn't great. Um, he, he kept going on about how he didn't have the opportunity to develop players or look to the future. 
when he's probably the only Celtic manager in history that did, and he chose not to. Um, and he actually walked away from the club. So yeah. So there you go. Um, Celtic uh, Cape Town boy um, at Cape Town boy well on the periscope today. Well done on. So he was. Oh, well done on the periscope stream today! Exclamation mark. Is he in Cape Town? Because that's another international yes. follower. International yes. follower. Um, thanks for listening. Um, massive level of expectation for Brendan Rodgers to live up to. I suppose that was Celtic. What Celtic's all about. Couldn't agree more. Um, why has no one told Tom Tam Rodgers he's a striker yet? Tall, good feet, great shot, quick thinker would solve his stamina issues. Mm. At the links defect. Mm. Oh, we I like how that. Big his feet is. Interesting point. Uh, I'm sure we can focus on that as the season comes, uh, as we start looking at the qualifiers. Can Rogers lead us into the Champions League group stage and win the treble for us in his first season? Aye. Aye. Aye, can uh, I? Mike, Mike underscore Ross, uh, 67. Do Aye, do it. Kieran, do it. Say do it. Absolutely, we will we'll do it. He's so polite. He's such a gentleman. Uh, Alex D at Alex underscore McD93. Great, great periscoping today, boys, for the, those of us that couldn't be there. Uh, in brackets, resisting commenting on your singing though, there was a guy behind us who was so fucking out of tune, it was unbelievable. Yeah, let's uh, just say that wasn't us. That, that wasn't was us that was singing, just so you guys are aware. Um, thanks, Alex. Um, who was that? Alex. Oh, Alex McD. Alex McD. Alex underscore McD93. Hopefully, this is from Andy McCrimmon at Andy McCrimmon. Hopefully, all of them, but especially, oh, he's talking about there was a question. The question he was responding to was from Matt Rain Which current players will flourish under Rodgers at Celtic? Hopefully, all of them, but especially Christine Roberts. Okay, Keon, here's a question from Neely Moch at MOCTICAL. Should Rodgers use someone local who knows the Scottish game for his number two or bring in his own man? No, I think he'd be better with his own man. Um, maybe, but have somebody local as part of the, the, the extensive coaching team. Like, Kennedy said he's staying with the club, so there's somebody that he can tap into. Um, but I think when it comes to your number two, it has to be someone you're really trusted with that knows that knows you because they're there to help you um, carry out your... your Sorry, I just your th- th- thought it had to be somebody that knew Gal. No, but somebody somebody's the same wavelength and understands the way your philosophy of football because they want to help you get that out of the team. So there's no point bringing somebody else in. You've got to try convince this is the right thing to do. Who might obviously argue against you an awful lot of things, and then then just, uh, the the chemistry isn't there between the two of you. So you've yeah. got to, you've got to get something you really really know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jamie Moore at Micro CHI um, expectations. Decent showing in Europe and the league. Team also needs to look for the ri- on the right track. It's a great point. I thought he said right back, and I was ready to punch him. Uh, Frank Castle, on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you with the appointment of Comrade Rogers? Eleven. Off the scale. Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he did a weird face as well. Um, Derek says two trophies, easy peasy. Um, Celt for life underscore zero seven. Uh, what's your expectations for Brendan Rodgers' first season? This is like Kieran's. He wants to win the Copa America. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Tomo, I never said that. I, well, you said a thousand percent. It was at Jock Thompson eighty nine. His expectation league and a massive improvement in style of play. Um, are there any um, Stephen at Stephen Goal? Are there any players that Rogers has previously worked with that you would like to see at Celtic? Realistic options. Um, Joe Allen. <laughs> Everyone says. Why Joe. the hell not? 
Joe Allen. I don't particularly think we need Joe Allen. I, Joe Allen is is a decent player. He's probably on about 50, 60 grand a week anyway. We can't um, Daniel Miller at Danny Mill ninety five expectations League One Cup last thirty two slash sixteen of Europa. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Sounds I agree. Good. Yeah, not too far fetching for a treble though. Uh, yeah, it fucks up at the end. Um, <laughs> uh, Word six oh six at Word. I'm a, as a Celtic fan that lives in East on Easter Road. I joined in the celebrations. I'm not disappointed. We lost the semi. It feels a bit better. Um, Beat Surrender at P. Crawford 67. More smells like this and that'll do me and it's about the funniest picture I've seen of Brendan Rodgers. Look at that. Hilarious. Everyone laughed there. Um, uh. Let me just see. Uh, okay. Right. We've got lots of questions but we're actually running out of time because we frankly we want to talk about uh, the Scottish Cup. Uh, we're not going to... Can we talk about the game? That's what nobody we're... else is. I thought that um, I thought that Hibs were good. I thought Hibs played well. I thought John McGinn again was excellent. I thought Henderson came on and had uh, two assists. Uh, Stokes, I don't know what I'm mentioning. I'm mentioning Celtic players. But Louis, after that cup final, there's been talk of bringing Stokes back. But no. No. <laughs> uh, do you know what? He, 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 he was... He was decent at times. He was good. Um, that Tavernier, who we've heard a lot about um, in terms of you know the goals that he scored, and people saying well, Rangers fans especially saying they're going to get eight million for him and all this sort of stuff. Um, Stokes absolutely gave him an education. He didn't look as if he could. He gave any, him an education. He, I he, love that. He he couldn't cope with Stokes at all, um, but. Would I like to see Stokes back at Celtic? No, probably not. I think there's 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 young players, younger players there with more room to develop than what Stokes does, uh, who I think would be better uh, in in the team. It, Stokes is good at coming in off the left, but I, I still I, I don't think I would have him back. Um, Henderson was. It was great to see him get a couple of a, a couple of assists. I would have liked to have seen him play play more. Obviously, that was, was that just a purely tactical decision. The reason why he didn't start. No, well, McGeoch and Fivey have actually developed quite a, a good sort of partnership in midfield, and then you've got McGinn just covering and and behind them. So. It, it's not. I think Henderson has played in spades and parts, and when he's came on, he's played very well. Um, but five, he's played very well this season, as has McGeoch. Um, McGeoch again, he looks like a genuinely fantastic player at what some points, and then at other points, he just needlessly gives the ball away. Um, it's a shame he's, he's he's almost good enough for Celtic, but clearly not. John 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 McGinn though. I think he was great, but I, th- I thought Stokes was just Stokes yesterday. We've seen it so many times where he... He was played. a bit more fired up for this, though. He was wow. he was a bit more fired up for No, him. I think he just had... He wasn't really playing. And if you look at his first goal, as well as he took it, like, the amount of space he had was Aye. just ridiculous. Um, and we've all seen it before, but Stokes still have a decent game against inferior opposition and then just disappear into the ether in every other game. He's just not consistent enough. I'm not Stokes has qualities and he's he's actually got quite good technique. Bit one sided in terms of his left hand side. Um just not consistent enough for Celtic. It's a pity because he would have had if you look what Griffith's done under Ronnie Dyler, 
Stokes could have had that opportunity and just chose not to take it. You know, people bring up his his, uh, his attitude and, you know, it's been remarked on a number of times. I don't know him personally, but what I do know is, as you say, there are times when he looks... There's been times for Hibs where he's not necessarily looked interested because he should have went down there and really put in a shift and really showed that he was far superior to that league. And he hasn't really which is disappointing. And if people turn around and say, well, you know, what's his motivation? His motivation is to come back to Celtic and say, look, look what I've done. Yep. Boom. Do you know what I mean? Uh, what do you think of the cup final, Kieran? I didn't actually watch it. I didn't really have much interest, so I um, thought I'd go and do something else. But I caught the last five minutes and seen the winner. So. Well, you've seen the best. Do you know what it's such? I, so. I watched four cup finals over the weekend. Um, Juventus, Hibs, Manchester United and, and uh, Barcelona. 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 Yeah, I missed the Barcelona. Um, Barcelona. Now you're looking at England, Germany, and Spain. Eh, sorry, England, Italy, and Spain. I've never seen the German Cup final. And in terms of just a game and excitement, and uh, the Scottish Cup final was head and shoulders above all of them. And yeah, it's just such a pity that our media, as as bad as whatever happened after the game was. Our media have totally taken the focus away from promoting a really, really good game of football. Um, I know we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk in detail. Everyone's got their own opinions on what happened, and I don't think us. Does anyone really care what we have to say about it? Not really. But what I would want to point well, everybody out, everybody that's tuning in, hopefully, is the second statement released by Rangers yesterday was one of the most bizarre, um, self-involved. Um, I, it was an it was a statement of intent from them a in a way they named individual journalists in a way that and if you look at it, it was they mentioned Tom English Tom English had been on the radio that morning and I happened to listen to him and he was defending Rangers he was basically calling out all of the Hibs fans he was blaming everything on Hibs and then for them to say that it's it was just a bizarre I mean everyone's read the statement now everyone knows and again. Maybe you know everyone will have their own opinion on it. I just thought it was, I thought it was dangerous. It's completely inflammatory, and what they've done now is any sane person, like as much as the fans run on the pitch and all that, and we see it time and again down south. There's never any incident. I think Kilmarnock fans run on the pitch yesterday, um, no problems. Um, it happens. There is a level of exuberance when fans come on the pitch. Fans, do I say attacking? I suppose that's what it was getting called. Attacking players is completely out of order and I hope they all get caught and dealt with. Um, but for Rangers to try and stoke the flames of this instead of just letting... The taking dust no, no responsibility at all. Like well, at Not, not all. even not taking responsibility. Actually, at kind of applauding their fans for coming on and, I don't know, defending, defending their honour or whatever. Honor of not, the I, British realm. It's absolute nonsense when they should have... They shouldn't be making any statements just now. Yeah. Hibs have come out and they've... Made the right well, we'll look at the investigation and we'll, yep. we'll go with that's, that's the route that should go down What it's like a fan from the worst Rangers internet forum has been allowed to put a statement on the Rangers official website they're, just, they're obviously just itching to say something because obviously it happened on Saturday there's no 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 officer opening on Sunday so the, nothing was ever going to be mentioned by the SFA or Hibs until Monday at least but they were just obviously itching to get their thing across I think the biggest thing is the fact of they've now lost uh, their place in Europe they're probably that arrogant and that confident that we're going to win the cup and be in Europe. 
and financially, that's probably what they were banking on a lot of things. See now that they've not got that, because I mean, there's this whole, I don't, I don't think it's a club, mind you, it'll be fans, but the petition to get Hibs kicked out. <laughs> that, I mean, it's never going to happen. That, but that's, they want into Europe that badly, because they need that finance Alex, that much. Alex McDo- former Rangers player Alex McDonald is trying, he's the one who says, aye, they absolutely should be kicked. He was part of the fucking Barcelona, um, a Rangers team that went to Barcelona yeah. and fucking wrecked it. No, but what, <laughs> you mean? Mean? his statement said, he remembered when the, Spanish police attacked the Rangers oh, fans after that game. This is, it's just I mean, rewriting history. It's, it's mental and I, I don't know well, there's, there's they probably they have, clearly have various agendas as to why they've released a statement like that. They've done it historically over the past few years where they try and kind of incite something and whether it's a siege mentality whether it's trying to sell season tickets, it's clearly worked because I think the Rangers fans completely agree with it. Um, and the unfortunate thing is a lot of what we should be the, our journalists that we should be relying on to have a fair and balanced approach to this are also kind of are you trying to tell me that Keith Jackson isn't fair and balanced yeah well you look Tom English has come out and I think he's calling him out even Hugh Keevans is calling him out which um, but then I caught a wee bit of Derek Johnson the night and he's just it just sums up the absolute incompetence of Scottish punditry Louis next season eh <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> um you know what? We're at what? We're an hour and thirty minutes. Whoa. What? Well, no finish yet. I didn't see we were finished. But what's your, what's your point? I'm just going to mention the playoff final. I was just about to. No, I bet you weren't. I was about to say we're an hour and thirty minutes, but we'll just before we finish, we'll make. I I actually watched the full game yesterday. I'm I probably didn't even it was on. I'm probably the only one that watched the full game yesterday. It was actually. Um, I'm. A, I like Lee Clark. I think I tweeted that. I really think. I think he brings something. Um, to the to the to the league, and I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens with him in charge for a full season. Um, you're the one who wanted to talk about this, and now you're not even paying attention. Oh, I'm listening. What did you think of it, Louis? Don't know. Did he see it? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, no, but I did put um, both teams sake. both teams to score and a command to win. So I was uh, I was in the car on the way from up from a. A wee night away in Manchester, uh, waiting on a Falkirk goal that never came. But I thought it was great for uh, for uh, Lee, Lee Clark. Yeah. I like him. Uh, I, I just I, said that literally two seconds ago. You but to... I, I, out of your mouth. That was a good observation. Thanks. Um, I, I like him. Uh, I, I like the way he comes across. and He, he, he celebrated know. those goals yesterday. I don't know if you've seen it. He uh, ran yeah, right yeah. on the touchline a couple of times. He genuinely for looked over. Did it incite oh, any Falkirk fans? <laughs> If he's technical area, so you should be gonna be fine for that. Um I did I, be kicked out of Europe. I did watch the highlights, um and McGuinness was, was really good, especially for the, the fourth goal. He, he he skinned about three of them and then set up uh, Chris Boyd. But I thought they were I watched the the first leg and I thought they were by, by far the better team against Falkirk in the first leg, but then obviously got done with that with a goal right to the death. Yeah. Um Falkirk, but, Falkirk didn't turn up yesterday at all. Falcon no. were, were terrible. But, you know, there was, a, there was quite a number of Kilmarnock fans there, you know, and they got, by by everything I've read, they've got they got quite a good atmosphere going at uh, Rugby Park. Having watching the game, it was it seemed like you've it was got, a good atmosphere. You've got the, the number of Hibs fans that, that went to that uh, final and yet, and, and, and were, were at the parade, uh, the subsequent parade in, in Edinburgh, and yet they can't fill their stadium. You know, if, if Scottish football seems to be on 
the up. A bit of a rise. It's on. It's on the up. Has it? Has it? Has uh, I think as it has improved over the last four years actually with, with different teams. Wonder uh, why? Wonder why it improved. I know. <laughs> um, but you just hope that. The, the numbers, the attendances do pick up. I mean, Celtics are definitely going to shoot up now with Brendan Rodgers. Rangers being back in the, the Premier League, you would imagine that theirs are going to be up pretty pretty damn high. Um, it would be good if the other teams... You've got to have incentives, of course, but teams like Kilmarnock, you know, if they could get their attendances up instead of the, kind of the absolute pitiful numbers that they have most of the time, yeah. it'd be... Great for the Scottish game. Agreed. I fully agreed. Um, I thought. Sorry. Sorry. It's affordability. That's why you'll yeah. get people prepared to pay thirty quid for a, a big one-off game, but they can't do it every week. Exactly. That's I mean, an Celtic, what, twenty-nine quid for a, a league game, just yeah. like in a standard ticket. I mean, we had to pay two pound for parking today. Like, I don't think that guy owned that car park. Unless <laughs> <laughs> the we. I paid a pound. I paid two. He didn't. So he's not part of the we. I didn't. Know. Apologise, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Um, see, that's now been confirmed that Louis van Gaal has been sacked. That was confirmed, confirmed like eight hours ago. No, it's not. The club have now confirmed that it wasn't confirmed this morning. They had a press conference at one o'clock. Well, I'm reading Sky Sports <laughs> News and it's saying right now that they were confirmed at half past eight on the Monday no, evening. Is that your Wi Fi just working? Is they 100% sacked. They okay. were meant to release a statement at one o'clock, but he didn't. Oh, right, okay. So he was just a wee bit sacked at one o'clock. <laughs> just <laughs> a wee bit. Just in the pipeline. Uh, do you think Mourinho will actually go there? Yeah, yes. I, do. I, I think he'll be announced him on. I think, I think he's. I mean, Mourinho's nothing but a spiteful man who he's, wants revenge. He's been gone for months and he's not signed for anything, you know? Um, okay, so uh, that's your season. Uh, that's that's This is the last. That's your dinner. That's your dinner. That's um, but we have the Euros. And we Tell them what's coming up. So what's coming up is we have Josh McGuinness is in the Euros. He is, he is certainly. We have we're not taking there's no no holiday for us, no break for us. We will be back next week with a just working podcast out the there. Media. Absolutely. Um we are gonna do a European qualifier. The next two weeks will be European Championship preview <laughs> previews we'll have some interesting guests on we've got some a couple of interesting guests lined up um we'll have seth on giving some stats um hopefully have Marek as well making his long awaited return um so yeah we asked and you, you said you wanted it so we're going to do the, the podcast so you better listen just putting that out there. <laughs> but as for this season um ronnie's gone we're all sad but how long is that staying up there uh it's staying up there Forever. Forever. Until, Until he goes to an auction, <laughs> he can bid on a Brendan Rogers one. <laughs> Just to confirm, there is a signed Ronnie Dyla print available. Um, 100 quid <laughs> or, or Still nearest armor. You're going to need a lot of that. No, I like it. I think it brings it in together, if I'm honest. It it's terrific. Thanks for listening, and ev- anyone who's tweeted us this season, thanks very much, and we genuinely do appreciate it. We've done started doing some Periscope, that'll continue. Kieran's got the Instagram post password <laughs> that he couldn't have for about two months. <laughs> and it was what we told him it was two years ago. Uh, flipboard. <laughs> it's deed. Um, aye. Uh, well, uh, P- Periscope's doing better than Flipboard did. It was like social media's dealt director. It has strong 20 minutes. Gone. <laughs> uh, Brian, we'll, we'll see you a lot more next season, I'm hoping. I can't wait for these Euros podcasts. I'm, uh, Are you getting involved? Totally. Oh, Jesus. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Pick up Norway and Denmark and stuff. Um, Brian McManus, pleasure as always. As, I just want to say thanks to Ronald Island. I hope he does amazing whenever, else, whenever he goes. Sentiments we all 
um, have the same as that was a sentence with words wrong way round. Um, <laughs> Louis McCaffrey, pleasure. Thanks. It's been a wonderful season. Um, next season, this podcast is going to a different level. Yeah, we've got big plans. We are completely restructuring the podcast, uh, and we will we'll let you know in due course, I guess. Yeah, but we've got exciting plans, and uh, yeah, just watch this space. Louis McCaffrey, though, thanks for today. Thank you. Hope you like the rest of this. I think it's no as well. So no. Aye, you getting the sack. Aye. See <laughs> part of this restructuring. Uh, yeah, we're having a press conference at eight, <laughs> at eight half past eight, Kieran. Uh, Kieran Harn, pleasure as always. That's good. Uh, season's over, and I can't wait for next season. Good stuff. Um, it's been great. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ninety minute cynic. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ninety minute cynic. Give us a like if you're on the Facebook. Um, Periscope. 90 Minute Cynic, we're on Periscope if you want Wouldn't to. What do you follow Periscope? Yeah, it's basically like, it's like a video stream, so you can just basically watch the stream and, yeah, you can follow. It's pass your time, hurry up. Aye. If you're on the huddle board, comment on the huddle board. If you're on the huddle board, we, we love the huddle board. We're, we're big fans. Um, I've been Chris Gallagher and we'll speak to you down the road. High up in the sky My car Drifting down into The abattoir You see what I see dear The air grows heavy Listen to your breath Entwined together In this culture of death Do you see what I see dear Sliding over here, let me give you a squeeze To avert this unholy evolutionary trajectory Can you hear what I hear, babe? Does it make you feel free? Everything's dissolving, babe, but just a code in the plane Skies on fire, the dead are heaped across the lane. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to bed last night and my moral coke got jammed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I woke up this morning with a frappuccino in my hand.
validation paid gone completely berserk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanna be a superman, but I turned into such a jerk. I got the abattoir blue. I got the abattoir blue. I got the abattoir blue. Right down to my 